I've been spoken to. Amen. Good morning. How y'all done? I've never had so many texts about a message than last week, particularly from uh, ladies and marriages. Oh, God, help us today. Amen. But I need to pick right up where I left off last week. But before I do it, I'm going to stand on your feet. Um, like um, this is, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I had an opportunity last week to watch the movie One Night with the King. I watched it again. You can get it on Tubi, T-U-B-I, on the Tubi platform. You do have to put up with the commercials, but it's, it's, it's there. And I watched it, and uh, it um, was quite wonderful. But one thing I was struck with, I was struck with the, um, the, the grandeur, the opulence, the majesty, the glory of the kingdom and what it was for a king, specifically a Hazurus, or, or some would say Xerxes, that's the Greek interpretation of his name. Um, am I right, Professor? You gotta keep me straight, okay. So um, I, 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 was struck with, I was struck with what happens when a king stands and speaks. Uh, it, it's a great movie. Culturally, it's not our culture. Um, needs to be, in, in some sense, it does. But um, uh, I thought about heaven. And uh, God standing. And, and the host standing before him. They stand because his majesty is so great. They stand because his glory is stupendous. They stand because everything in them is commanded to stand. They, they stand because of the authority, the beauty, the radiance, the magnificence of his presence. And I think sometimes we, we don't capture that, but I'd like us to use our imaginations as we lift our hands before the throne of God today. Because you, you must realize that the earth is before the throne of God and everything in it is before his throne. And what we need is the throne to give us revelation. We need what's real in heaven to become real in the earth. And one of the ways that happens is by the spoken word. And when you receive that, the condition of heaven becomes, becomes the condition of your life. And that's one reason why we worship. Because when we worship, we acknowledge that He is above. He is beyond. Lord God. We acknowledge His greatness. And that's why we obey. Not just, not, not just because of His awesome power, but we, we, we obey because of His unfathomable, unfathomable love what he has poured out for us, what he's done for us. That's why we honor him because of what he's done for us. See? And, and, and uh, since we have natural eyes, we need spiritual eyes to see that. But lift your hands before the throne of heaven today, realizing that you are always, we are always before God's throne. That is, he always beholds us from his throne. And I want you to take a moment and I want you to begin to thank him for 
turning around everything in your life that's opposite of the way he wants it to go. I want you to begin to thank him for it before time. Before you see it, in the same way, in the same way that my wife spoke it a moment ago, I, I want to act like it's already so. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I want to get unstuck from it doesn't look like it's so. I'm going to get unstuck from that. Where do you get unstuck? You get unstuck in your imagination. You begin to see or put, put vision to what he spoke, what he promised, what he said. Come on, begin to thank him. Father, we thank you today. We thank you that you're turning everything around. You said it to it at the beginning of this year. And I thank you that it's in process right now. Oh God, I thank you that you would catch me up. Catch us up to what already is so in heaven. We thank you, Heavenly Father. Give us understanding. Open our mind. Open our eyes. And open our word. So that, Lord, what you have spoken is what we say. And what we say is so because it's what you said. I praise you for it. I thank you for it. Clap your hands to him and give him praise. Give him praise for turning around every home situation. Give him praise for turning around every wayward son and daughter. Give him praise for turning around every sickness, every disease, every pain. Give him praise. And he's turning it totally around. Giving him praise that your empty bank account is full and overflowing. Give him praise that you got everything you need. Give him praise that he's God of glory. He's God of glory. He can do exactly what he says. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Every lack, everything that you don't have, oh my God, in heaven it is so you have it. And that's one reason why we thank him and praise him. And when we do so because we believe, then God brings it and makes it so. Is that amazing? Isn't that amazing? This is the life we live. Amen. That's why you ought to get happy. Some of y'all have been poor too long. You, you have been poor longer than God ever wanted you to be poor. Some of you are on a sentence of broke. And you're broke because... That's not the will of God. But you're broke because you, you need God's reversal to come. And just switch it and just turn it. And, and so that not only are you not broke... The opposite of broke is rich. <laughs> Somebody, but you have to decide. You have to decide. Okay, Lord, for your purposes, I'm willing. Tell, tell your neighbor, for his purposes, I'm willing to be made rich. For his purpose, I'm willing to, to take more money. For his purpose, I'm willing to have everything I need. Clap your hands one more time and just give him praise for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us to say what needs to be said now, Father. Help us to proclaim whatever is, is happening. Help us to see and to declare what is so in heaven. In Jesus' name. All God's people said amen. Actually, uh, find your seat and find the story of Esther in the book of Esther and, and identify who you are most like and whose form does your life now take what what form what character is more closely to your life right now you kind of want to check that out as i 
lay out this narrative before you. I don't do this all the time, but I feel like following the narrative is what the Lord would have me to do to help us to see. And so the narrative begins, <laughs> it, it begins with one of the most mighty kings in history. His realm stretches from India to Ethiopia. He's a cross-cultural king. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. He's so powerful. By the way, God is the one that sets up and takes down. So his reign is by the hand of God. Not everyone that reigns does, even though it's by the hand of God, not everyone does in that reign what needs to be done. Every king gets to decide how they're going to run things. God's way or their way. Ahasuerus, mighty. He decided, okay, I'm going to throw a banquet. And you can read the story there for you. I don't want to go back through it. I want to take time to take us forward. And so I want to ask you to relate. Who, what character so far do you relate to? In fact, if you want to get up on this, read the, the story. It's an amazing, it's one of the most incredible turnarounds in Scripture. This turnaround was so dynamic until thousands of years later, the Jewish people still celebrate it. It was that profound. But it's more profound than that. Because every book in our book, every book of the Bible, every book of the Bible is a word to us. I believe in our time and history, this book is more applicable to the church and the nation than any in the scripture. And so it is that Ahasuerus, who's king, and some of you might relate to that, you know, in your profession, you might be on top, running things, in charge, large and in charge. Even though you may be large and in charge, you might have a Vashti in your life. Mostly uh, people who lead will have a challenge with those who are to follow their leadership or their authority. In fact, you can't be in authority without somebody challenging that authority. Which character do you most relate to? Ahasuerus, mighty, God elevated him. He has everything he wants, almost. Or you might relate more to Vashti. You might feel like, well, I'm, uh, I, 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 I got a position that's higher than anything ever in my life. It's mine and I'll do with it what I want. Vashti um, has, has uh, had a challenge. You know the story. She throws a party when the king throws one. Oh, by the way, one of the things that can destroy your personal relationship in marriage is competition. You want to disrupt that thing, then just start competing against each other. That runs the opposite of what God intended. This is why, in spite of some of you, uh, your questions about, you know, I don't see why someone, somebody, somebody put it in the question. 
we, we sent some questions out because we wanted some, some response. And one of the responses was, well, shoot. He had no business calling her in there to try to show her off when he was drunk among his drunk friends. <laughs> Didn't say he was drunk. Said he was married. But even if he was drunk, look at your name and say, even if he was drunk, even if he was sloppy drunk, he's still king. Which is a problem in our culture because many of us don't know the difference between the position and the person. We have not understood the Bible that God is the one that establishes authority. He sets it up. Not every person who stands in the position of authority is doing what God wants. But the position nonetheless was created by God. Hard lesson to learn in the institution of marriage. Husbands and wives who are equal in value but have different priorities. God has given the male a priority as it regards authority. Which is hard to hear. I'm kind of amazed how hard that is for uh, uh, this generation to hear that. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but it's hard because they maybe because they don't understand it. Are you? Do you relate to Vashti? It's my thing. It's my thing. Hey, do what I want to do. You can't tell me. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe you relate to her because, you know, you're large and in charge in, in, your, in your sphere and you're trying to protect your, your thing, you know. You have, or maybe you have an agenda opposite of the one you, you're supposed to love. You might have a different agenda. You may not, your agenda may not agree with the one who's in charge. Mm. I, I see I'm going to have to do some stuff on marriage. We haven't done that publicly in a long time. Because we've got to help people work out the difference between being in charge and being in love. Got to help people work out how to function when my husband uh, is my head or the one I, I finally submit to, but he, he, my head is crazy or doing something crazy. I ain't got the... Well, okay, well, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, Vashti decided I ain't coming. So the king, you know what the king said. The king said... Stay that in forever. Whether you agree with that culture or not, the king could sleep with whoever he wanted to. So for Vashti to be in that number one position was a great honor. And so one of the, one of the things that was very important is that the king's honor, the king's authority would be upheld because as you read the story, you'll see that the nations are sitting at his throne. She said, I ain't coming. So his advisors, who are you? Are you like his advisors? Do you relate to his advisors that said to the king, hey king, look, you got, you, you got to do something about this because, hey, I got to go home and I'm married. And, and, and if your wife, who's the chief wife, excuse me, the first lady, forgive me, if, if, if the first lady is not obedient, why should the second, third, and fourth be? 
So she created a crisis in the nation. Lord have mercy. And they, his advisors, seven of them, who ruled over the providences, they said, hey king, we got to do something about this. And one of them with wisdom stood up and said, I, I, if king, if you would bear with me and if you would, if it, be, if it, be, if it so pleased the king, let Vashti not come before the king again in public and find somebody suitable somebody who will be more worthy and make her queen have mercy Jesus so who do you relate to Azurus, Ahasuerus, Vashti or the advisors maybe you're in a position where you're advising your you have a position of, a, of influence and you have the power to advise the one you're, 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 you're supporting, the one you're working for or working with, you have the power to give them information that will cause the whole thing to go the way it should go. I'd like to suggest to you that if we look at Vashti as a type of the, of the apostate church and we look at Lord have mercy at Hadassah as the church who's willing and ready and able to follow God. If you look at her that way, then you get some very, very interesting uh, uh, summations. You might be, you may be right now serving someone on your job in the community. You may, you may have a position of influence. You, you understand how powerful that is. When God gives you influence, it's for his reasons. One of the worst things for you to be is have a position of influence and you don't use it. Or you use it in the wrong way. Or you whisper the wrong words. Or you steer the wrong way. Look, the whole thing, the direction of the whole thing could be just because of what you offer. I like to suggest that if you have a position of influence, it's for that reason. God has given you a position, then you in that position have the power to turn that thing, direct that thing away that would please God. God, God help you if you do the opposite. I don't know if you relate, to, some of you might relate to King's advisors, while others of you might relate to Haggai. Haggai is the king's, he's in charge of the harem. He's in charge of all the women. Now you know that's precious to the king. That the king doesn't put anybody in charge of that who he cannot trust. Now I, either he's fixed by men or fixed by God, but he was fixed so he ain't got to worry about that. But, are you still with me? Are you with me? But, but, just think about this. This guy, whoever he is, had to be something else because he was the protector and the preparer of those women. So he had to know what the king wanted, what he liked. My wife will speak to the ladies later on uh, about uh, uh, Esther's preparation. By the way, she couldn't even come before the guy until she had a year of preparation. She'll talk about what that is. I said a year of preparation. She wasn't even ready to say I do until she had a full year of Preparation. Hello, somebody. Do you relate? Maybe you relate to 
to, to Haggai, who was the in charge of the queen of the king's harem. He had wisdom, he had sight, he could understand personality, he could see character, he knew that. He knew what a silly woman was. He knew what it is to be dressed up looking fine as wine, but a silly woman, silly nilly. Can't control her tongue, can't control her attitude, can't even control her neck. Haggai was a bad boy. So incredibly influential. In, but it's amazing how God touched the heart of Haggai for the key moments. Touched his heart through the presence of maybe you relate to Vashtar. No, maybe you relate to Esther. Her name is Hadassah. That's her 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 born name. She was a Jew, but everybody looked like everybody in those days. So nobody could tell unless she told them. So she decides to obey Mordecai. Maybe you're like Mordecai. Maybe you are in the position that you are, you, you're the one who's raising up the influencers. Do not underestimate what that is. When God gives you a child, or when God gives you a surrogate child, or when God gives you a stepchild, whatever kind of child God gives you, God has given you authority and responsibility to raise them up in the way they should go. And, and to, that's why the Bible says that as parents, the children are like arrows in the hand of the archer. Maybe you're in that position. Maybe you're listening to me and you, you may be listening as a parent who has been given power. All parents have power. Somebody sometimes needs to, need to preach about parent power. Because you've been, you've been given power by God. And that power is, has the ability to shape, direct, prepare those who will impact the next generation. God has the ability, and he does impart that to all parents. Maybe you relate to Mordecai. And, 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 and listen, saints, it, it might be that you feel like you got a bad deal. You know, you, you got this situation thrown on you. You didn't ask for it. But the circumstances of your life may have found you responsible for a child you didn't birth. Oh man, I think about Mordecai. Thank God for him. The Bible doesn't talk about his wife, but I'm assuming he has one. And, and, and what kind of a role would that wife play in taking responsibility for a child she did not go through birth pangs to bring forth into the world? And the story lines up and it gets so incredibly awesome. As the king says, I'm gonna find, uh, find me somebody who's worthy. Find me somebody who's worthy. You find them, you prepare them, bring them before me and I'll tell you whether they're the ones or not. You're not gonna pick them for me, you just give me something to pick from. 
Hello, somebody. And among them was this incredible person. And that's where I want to pick up as I give you another 20 minutes of, by, by, by grace of God, of what, what, what us do next. Mordecai is that man, he, if, I could, if I could, if I could, uh, if I could apply him, I'd like, I'd like him to be the picture of the Holy Spirit. Giving advice, giving guidance, instruction, personal, loving care. But that's exactly what he did for Esther. I like to see Esther making the biblical application. I'd like to see Esther as the church. So in all of her days, what are her dreams? That she would grow up like every other Jewish girl and be married and, and have children and enjoy her life. But she does not, she is not ready for this. The king's edict, go out and find me somebody worthy. So they go out and all the beautiful women. You talk about the biggest beauty pageant in history. The Bible says about this woman, Hadassah, her name, Esther. She was beautiful in, 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 in at least three ways. What was number one? Beautiful in, 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 in form. Beautiful where else? In face. And beautiful in favor. Say favor. It was amazing about her because uh, she stood out. And that's what I need you to get a hold of today. Because... The Bible speaks about her in chapter 2. Esther was taken to the king's palace into custody of Haggai, this one in charge of the women. Now the young lady pleased him. See, Haggai was impressed with her. Did you not know before you impress the person that really needs to be impressed, you get impressed by the person who's before the person you're to impress? If you're on the job and God wants to elevate you, he's going to first make you impressionable by the supervisor. You know that one you can't stand? That one that makes you not want to go to work. Or the one that makes you want to go to work with a gun. You know, even may a play gun, you just want to scare him. You know, have you ever served into somebody? Have you ever served into somebody who uh, who has a little bit of authority and they're carrying every bit of it, and they want everybody to know that they got it, and you and you become an object. So when you come in, they're gonna be sure they say something to you. How many of you ever had them? Raise your hand if you ever had somebody you work for that you really you'd slap them if it was legal. Amen. And, and they talk to you and you can't say nothing, right? Because your job on the line, right? Hello? You got to, but you, but listen to me. You got to impress the one that's over you for, so that you can, so that the one who's over them can see you. Your promotion only comes when you impress the one that you're re directly responsible for. And when Haggai saw her, ah, something about that girl. Babyface wrote about a song said, uh, 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 something, about, something about that girl I've been thinking about dreaming about that girl you know that song 
Never mind. Oh, sorry, man. Okay. You are my world. And I... Man, you got to learn that song. That's a great song, man. And, uh, and, and, so she, and so she... Haggai is checking her out. It's not just... Yeah, you understand how many beautiful women that he sees? So it's not who's got the biggest derriere. I think we should take our words literally. It's nothing but junk in the trunk. I'm sorry. Okay, all right, here we go. I, I, just, I just couldn't resist it. I just. <laughs> it took a while, but it come on you right here. It come on you. Okay. It ain't her judge. She got some junk outside junk. Put that in the trunk to make it look like, yeah. I, what is that? What is that? Why do people think that's attractive? Is something wrong? Do you know what happens when that junk sags? <laughs> okay, get back on track. All right, so. I'm talking about Haggai. I'm talking about Haggai. Haggai, he sees, it's not just her body. It's not just, a, has anybody ever seen that movie? That's uh, no, not a movie. It's, a, uh, uh, it's not Pimple Popper. It's the other one. It's the one uh, when they do the surgeries on people. Have you seen that thing? Botched. Has anybody ever seen botched? Word to the wise. Keep what you got. Anyway, back on track. So, it wasn't just her body. It was something about her presence. It wasn't, you know how many pretty faces he had to see? Thousands. That's why that song, that the, I think it was The Temptations, I'm not sure. You might, this, I don't think you were born yet when this one came out. Beauty's only skin deep, oh yeah. Remember that song? Yeah. It's really true. Because, you know, you may have the form, you may have the face, you may have the form, you may have the face, but there's something else. Have you ever met a person who's got a beautiful face, beautiful form, and when they open their mouth, you're just like, oh. Anybody ever felt that way? So she carried something. When Haggai saw that, Immediately she stands out in the crowd. No matter how many hundreds of women that are in that harem to be interviewed and prepared for the king, they couldn't go to the next step until they first won the first round. They had to be in out the first round pick because all of them came in. Hey guy, he gonna make sure ain't no jump sent to the king. That's my job on the line. So he gonna make sure whoever we send, oh they they ooh ooh. They ain't a running. Not only did he see her and, and, and was attracted to what she, what she was, who she was, though he didn't know her, all of her background, he knew this is special. I, I, I want to talk to you for a moment as we, as we uh, look at this today because this is what God wants to do. And I want you, by the grace of God, to maybe receive that the Bible says in verse 9, Now the young lady pleased him and found favor with him. Is that on the board? Are you looking at it there? Are you looking at it? Found favor. What is that? 
So he quickly provided her with her, her, all the cosmetics and the food she needed. And she had a special diet, which, the way she, what she put on her scalp, she treated her skin, uh, gave her seven different choice maids from the king's palace, transferred her and her maids to the best palace in the harm. She got a promotion right up because of the way she carried herself. By the way, hint, ladies, hint, hint. Your beauty might attract him, but your beauty can't keep him. Okay, so she, she, she just is in charge. Before she goes, she has a conversation with her, her father-in-law, her, her stepfather. And uh, verse, uh, verse, chapter 2, verse 10 says, Esther did not make known, Esther did not make known to her people or her kindred. He did not, she, did, she did not make known her people or kindred. For Mordecai had what? Hello? Had what? Had instructed that what? Baby, I, I want you to close your mouth on this here. I don't want you, I don't want you talking, I don't want you going there and, and, and I don't want you to take the junk, shake the junk, and then open your mouth saying, you know, because you know, because you know I'm black, you know. And you know, you know, I, you know where I'm from. No, what I want you to do is I want you to close, do not tell them who you are, don't tell them your background, and don't tell them your race. Say nothing, promise me. And she said, yes, I will. I'd like to suggest to you that that word favor is what you want. I'm going to declare over you that that is exactly what God wants to raise over your life. I want to declare before the, the throne of heaven that many of you have had that to come and rest, but you didn't know what it was. And, and so you couldn't use it because you didn't, you didn't get it. God wants this over your life. God wants his favor resting on you. Are, you. are you there, saints? Why favor? Because favor is the prerequisite for, for you completing your call in life. Favor is the requirement for fulfilling the purpose of God in your favor is necessary for you to complete your assignment. God gives favor because he's got something for you to do and you can't get that done without it. Favor is what God all this time, he's wanted that to rest on you. And so, but look, how can the favor of God rest on you if your actions and your life and your character is opposite of what God wants to use? It's that extra something that God gives for you to do everything the Lord wants in your life. How do you get this favor? Well, well one way you get it is, you, is by accepting the fact that no matter what condition your life is in right now, no matter what your history has been, it doesn't, your history does not dictate your destiny when it comes to favor. I don't care if you didn't grow up in your daddy's house. I don't care if, if you are a product of divorce. I don't care if you, if you were abandoned. If you were abandoned, God's favor even the more wants to rest on you. If you are rejected, the favor of God makes up for everything. 
everything that you experienced in that rejection. The favor of God that comes upon you is because God wants to, you, that pain you've been carrying and dealing with, not only does God want to heal that, he wants to turn that pain into ministry. He wants to turn your pain into power working through your life. He wants to turn the thing that you have wrestled with and lost over and over again. He wants to turn that thing around so now you, don't, you, can't, you can't lose for winning. When God came and put that favor on her, she had no idea where her life was going to go. And Frank, for most of you, you don't either. One of the ways I like to, to describe favor and what it means uh, is, is, is that when you have the favor of God over your life, <laughs> people are drawn to you supernaturally. They recognize you. They want to be around you. If you and I have no friends and you're alone all the time, it might be, I mean, it might be bad breath, but, but it, it, it's probably because, you know, the favor is not there. But why do you have bad breath? Well, you could have bad breath for several reasons. It could be what you're eating, you know, your stomach is, is, is messed up. Or it could be that you just don't, you know, you, nobody taught you to brush your teeth and use Listerine, the original original brand. No, nobody told you nobody told you how to take care of business. The favor wants to come down, but the favor come this far. It don't come all the way down like that because, you know, you know, you just, you just get up in the morning, jump, you know, go on. Hide. Oh, jeez. Okay, okay. It might be bad breath. It might be B.O. It might be uh, bad mouth. It, it, it might be, you know, you lie. You just lie all the time. You don't tell the truth. Favor of God can't move because you just lie. When the favor of God comes on you, it's because there's truth and honesty and everything that God wants, you display it. <laughs> Go back. So, check this out. It says, look, check this out. This is awesome. It says, so when God gives you favor, he, he causes supernaturally, say supernaturally, people want to be around you. They like you. They want to cooperate with you. You got a whole line of people and some, somehow they don't get it. Usually people that observe favor don't understand it. So, but when they, they know it, when they see it, they love it. And they say, hey, yeah, yeah no, 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 I want you on my team. I, I want, come on, you, I want you with me. How many of you are in a position right now and you know, you know good and well that there were several other people qualified, maybe even more qualified than you, but now you got the position. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. That's called, come on, what's it called? Favor. Favor. Oh, hurry up, Flynn. So check it out. We need the favor of God to fulfill the assignments that we have here on earth. I believe that we are given favor according to the assignment. The amount of favor rests on you according to the assignment that you are to walk in and fulfill. Great favor means that there's great responsibility that the Lord has assigned over your life. 
what favor does it mobilizes others to help you <laughs> help you to accomplish God's destiny in your life they don't even know it's God's destiny but they just want to help you so God will send, it's like that favor will draw people to you they have everything you don't have they got it Some of you are in that position right now. You've been pushing away people that God is drawing by his favor. You don't understand. They want, they want to help you because that, oh, that's favor, his favor is on you and you've got to open your heart to receive from them. When the spirit of favor is in your life, it compels people to assist you, to help you with, finish with God and do what God's called you to do. The Lord is raising up a church right now that will, that will have that spirit of favor on it, on the, on the church, because God, his, his desire, his will can only be done if it's done through his church. I told you for years, you are God's advertisement. You're his billboard. They didn't know Yahweh's name, but they knew whatever Esther had, I, ooh, I want some of that. Mm. Thank you, Lord. The favor of God will position you in places of influence to bring healing and bring breakthrough even to generations but you've got to stand under and and receive the responsibility of thereof this anointing this favor is designed to help you and to help others and extend the kingdom of God God is calling you and I who will function like deliverers, advisors, directors, defenders, providers, creatives. God wants that. He wants it in your life. This is the season for you to wake up and recognize that God's favor wants to come on you. Many of you have been resisting that. I don't know how many people, Carol and I have, have said, what you talking about you don't take the job? What do you mean you won't take the job? We've had major positions. Well, you know, they want to give me this position, but I don't know. You've been listening to them unfavored people. You know, you listen to your, your co-workers talk bad about the supervisors. My advice to you, if you're going to walk in the favor of God, don't say nothing because pretty soon you're going to be their supervisor. But if you're talking about the supervisors and, 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 and God wants to make you a supervisor, guess why God can't make you a supervisor? Because you didn't run down the one before you. And by the time you among their ranks stand now in, in the place of a supervisor, guess what they're going to do to you? You don't hear anything of Hadassah, you don't hear anything of Esther's belligerence in the midst of the harem. She's carrying herself in such a way. She's under discipline. She's under authority. 
Every day, every day, Mordecai, he walking back and forth outside the gate. How's she doing? What, my girl, my baby, I raised her. Oh my God. And, he, and she shows up and she tells, she tells Mordecai what's going on. And he says, Honey, do this, don't say this, don't do this, do that. She's under discipline. Haggai, not only her, her not only her, her, her uncle, what about Haggai? Haggai, Haggai is giving her advice. When you go into the king, close your mouth. Don't say this, don't ask for nothing. Can you imagine all them poor girls that look good? They got none, they, they, they now are brought in before the king. But well, king, I just want this, and king, I just want that. And, can you imagine? Say, no, 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 no. When you go, when you when you go before the king, just shit, just don't ask him for nothing. Just be who you are. Oh, so she she obeys him. Are you are you all still there? She obeys him, and, and, and God, God makes her stand out beyond all of the rest. See, to understand this, I'm almost done. To understand this, because I want you in a moment to receive that. I want you to acknowledge that God has been putting that on you, and you have been resisting it. You've not been cooperating with it. You've been a travesty to the favor of God. You've been an opposite advertisement to what God has put on you. Pardon me, because of your funky attitude. God wants you to understand that I want to, I want to promote. I want to raise you up, but it's for my purpose. Yes, it's going to impact your pocketbook, but it's for my purpose. Hurry up, hurry up. Okay, so check it out, saints. See, what, what, what can favor do? You know, what, 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 can, what can favor do? A friendly, um, favor gives you a friendly disposition from which people want to assist you, provide special advantages for you, receive preferential treatment it means goodwill acceptance and all the benefits that follow it's used by the way some of you might know this but but favor is used interchangeably with mercy and grace and kindness in fact favor uh, grace and favor come from the same root word Favor is what helps you to achieve your God-given destiny. Favor promotes you. Take you to a higher level. Put you in a different position. And you don't have to use bad language, open your big mouth. Just be quiet and they'll say, you. Some of you are mad because you know you blew it. If you blew it, in a moment, we're going to reverse that. So the Lord can put that back on you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, I do. got to do this. 
So she shows up. Hey, Haggai said, wow. I haven't seen many come to this here. I've seen thousands. I've not seen many like you. When you go into the king, when it's your turn, here's what I want you to do. And she listens. Do you know how many, I'm sorry, it's not just women. It happens to be, she happens to be a woman. But this applies to male and female. Do you know how many folks God's trying to help you and give you instruction, but you just, you, you just won't listen? Shut up. Tap your name and say, quit defending yourself. If you defend yourself, how can God defend you? I know you've been singing that somebody done me wrong song. Quit trying to, stop trying to, to make yourself look good. Favor makes you look good when actually to you, you look bad. God wants it over your life and so she comes into the king and the king is ooh now you got to understand something with access to hundreds of women he would immediately pick up what is acceptable and what is not when Adasa comes in she, he looks at her and he knows right now and obviously there's conversation. By the way, she, it was part of this, part of her, her uh, training was education. Some people don't, you know, God wants to give you favor, but by the time you open your mouth, it all gone. You done slotted the king's English. You done broke out some, broke out some, what that ghetto language called? You, 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 you made your own ebonics. We be doing good. We, you know, you, 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 you. And you thinking that's the bottom. You thinking that's it. I'm going to get a little personal. You, you, know, you can X this out if you want to. Some of, if, if, you, if this really bothers you, it's okay. I'm not telling you this is gospel. This, this is Flynn's gospel. Some of you need to change your hairstyle. Because it says all the opposite things of what God wants to do. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, oh, oh. I've got to tell you this. She comes into the king. The king looks at her like, you know. Mm. See, I believe for the king, it was way beyond lust. It wasn't that at all. Because he could have anybody want. He needed somebody who had an opposite heart of Vashti. He needed somebody who could display his glory and splendor. He needed somebody who could trust. He needed somebody who didn't mind taking advice. You know how many great leaders are advised by their wives? You know how bad it is when you're a leader and your wife act a fool? 
You know, how, you know how, when God wants to promote you, sweetheart, and they meet the husband, and you did, you did, Give me five. Y'all breathing all right? But the king is impressed. Enter Haman. In the midst of your promotion, I promise you, in the midst of your promotion, there will be somebody there who cannot stand the ground you walk on. There'll be somebody there who, who, who their whole deal is to destroy you. Destroy your reputation. Destroy the work of your hands. Live up to it, baby. It's the way it is. That's the world we live in. Who is Haman? You ought to check who Haman is. Haman, listen, Haman, Hey, when you when you look at a person's background and you and you and you understand their character, oh, it gets real clear what they're about. It, it goes all the way back to Exodus chapter 17. You can just write it down. Israel has been delivered out of Egypt. Now they've never been to war. They've been piling bricks, making bricks, and they're vulnerable but they're out in the open and they're, and, and they're trying to come through the past. They're trying to come out completely of Egypt and come into what God wants. And when they are vulnerable and when they're weak, the Amalekites decided we're going to get them. You know, there's some people who are so evil, they prey on the weak. And they attack the people of God. And God did not like that. In fact, the scripture says, I'm not going to forget what you did. What I want you, in fact, what I want you to do in the future, I want you to wipe the memory of them off the face of the earth. Bring it on down to 1 Samuel when, when, uh, when Saul is king and God told Saul, excuse me, yeah, Samuel the prophet Tell Saul the word of the Lord. I want you to go attack the Amalekites and I want not, don't just beat them. I want you to utterly destroy them. Destroy them and all the stuff that's theirs. Their, this culture had become so infected with evil until God said, Enough. What was also awesome about this, 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 um, this tribe, the Amalekites, they, they, they worshipped gods. They, they were into divination. And they could transform. They could, they, they could look like animals. So the Lord said, kill all the animals too. So if any of them looking like an animal, you can't tell them. We're going to get them. This is no joke. This is not a fairy tale. They was into some deep, wicked stuff. They're the ones who delighted in ripping babies out of the womb. Jesus. Amalekites. Agag, Agag was the king of the Amalekites. So God put favor and put anointing on, on Saul and the army of God. And they, I mean, they slaughtered them. 
But Saul decided, well, let's keep the gold and the silver and let's keep some of the animals and uh, we can use this. He making an arbitrary decision on his own. He ain't listening to God. And then he said, and then the king, he kept the king alive. Samuel, the prophet, shows up. He said, Saul, why have you disobeyed God? He said, man, I didn't disobey God. I did what God said. I whooped their behinds. <laughs> so I said, why do I hear these sheep bleeding in the back? Why do I hear the sound? And why is the king still alive? Saul sat there and, and he did not obey God. Samuel reaches, grabs Saul's sword and hacks. He hacks Agag to pieces. couldn't even recognize what a egg egg was but tradition says his wife escaped escaped and tradition says his wife was pregnant here we got a 500 years later 500 years later we got a whole nation of Amalekites alive and guess who's heading the head of the Amalekites Haman and he hates Jews he hates them so bad he can't stand the sight of them he is the true definition of racism He's so bad with it until the king, the, the king doesn't know all these things. The king promotes Haman because Haman is acting, I'm, I'm for the king and so on and so forth. And, and so <laughs> the king promotes him. And Haman said, ride, ride, him through the, ride him through the streets, put him on a horse, dress him up and ride him, honor him. I'm making him a magistrate. So he rides to the streets, everybody bow down. So bow down, bow down for Haman instructed by the king promoted by the king bow down Haman would love to have people carrying him on his, carrying them, him on his shoulder and he, 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 he sitting there with a little wand in his hand acting like a mini king himself pay homage to Haman Mordecai is standing on the same street and, and Haman comes down and Mordecai, everybody bound to the ground. Mordecai. Oh, excuse me. Bow down. This is Haman. Mordecai said, I bow to no man. Only to the God, my God. Who is your God? But it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator of heaven and earth. You ever seen people so mad they turn colors? Haman is so mad. And, he, and by the way, at that point, I got to cut it off right here. At that point, he plots. Haman plots to destroy not just Haman but all of his people wherever they are in the whole providence you, 
Yeah, Haman wanted to destroy Mordecai and all his people. It was not just that it was, it was not just Mordecai because he said, I am a Jew. Oh my God, something went all through him. There are some people, and by the way, I want you to understand this as we get ready to go today because I want you to, you need, you, you're going to need to ask the Lord to anoint you with favor today. But the, the deal is, <laughs> somebody hates you. Somebody is carrying that spirit of hatred. That spirit never died. It showed up in Nazi Germany. I was there in Germany to witness the, the, the imprisoned camps. It was, it's inhumane what they did. Where you would hate a person so bad, women, women and children, you would, just because they are the, 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 the culture they are, you would utterly destroy them. Now, 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 Saul, if you'd have did what the prophet told you to do in the first place, we would not have to face this enemy. And here we are today, Miss Wanda, the church is having to face that enemy God told us to destroy a long time ago. It was years ago the Lord made it clear to the church about the sanctity of life. You don't rip your babies out of your stomach for your convenience. You don't dwell in the, in the, in the darkness, of the, the spiritual darkness. You don't get into, into demonology. You, you, you don't worship unclean spirits. God, the God that you serve is not a God of crystals. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. You, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't worship the creation. You worship the creator. The Bible says, who's blessed forever. In the church right now, we're having to face that same spirit of Haman, Agag, Amalekites. So, I do think you should bow your heads for a moment today. Because the, the, the truth is, we're, we're, it's deja vu. We're back here again. We raise the issues of our nation and understand what it, what it is that we're fighting, what the church has to be subject to now. Now, we're going to put you in prison. We're about to pass this bill. We're going to put you in prison if you don't acknowledge my pronouns. We're going to take your funding if you don't teach what we want you to teach your children. Oh, my God. We're facing that same murderous thing. We'll, we're facing that same murderous spirit. We, 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 you, you ought to have the right to determine whether or not you're going to keep a child that you birth and you see a defect. We want to give you the right to destroy that child even after birth. That's what California is trying to do. 
We want to make your rights supersede, God, supersede God's laws. Now you are in control, not God. And if you don't embrace this, we'll, 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 we'll snatch your funding, we'll imprison you, we'll, we'll fine you, and we'll imprison you. That's the same murderous lying spirit that says the government is the parent of your children, not you. So what we're dealing with here is, and, what, and what she was dealing with, what Hadassah, what she was dealing with, she's in the temple. She's living in the midst of that thing. That profound hatred so bad until when this hatred manifests, this hatred will, will attempt to destroy you even if it means the destruction of the thing that tried to destroy you. It's horrible. When you recognize that spirit, then you say, okay, you can make, you can make it, you, you, can, you understand. I've been given favor for a reason. God's giving the church favor for a reason. God's giving you, ma'am, sir, favor in your situation for a reason. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to, the word is to change your, your heart and your mind. Reverse your decision. God, if God has given you an ear to hear this in the way that he wants you to hear it, then I want you to reverse your mind about what God has called you to be and do in the midst of what he's called you to say. I want you to change your mind about fear of not speaking up or shutting up I want you to change your mind about embracing an ideology that's not of this world if you want the favor of God then you got to just understand what is it in me that 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 repels the favor of God what is it what attitude in me that doesn't allow God to put that blanket over you, that anointing over you, when he wants to so bad? I want you to reject fear that God would put you in the midst of the battle. I want you to accept your position that God wants to give you. Repent from running away ignoring God yes how you do that so Lord I'm not gonna run anymore I'm gonna accept it I'm gonna speak up I'm gonna learn I'm gonna learn up I'm gonna be learned so that I know what to say I want to know what you say about it father I want to know what you say about it so then what I do say is what you say I want to be that special person in the midst of what needs to be turned. Thank you, Lord. Pray there where you are, right there in your seat. Tell the Lord, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing, Lord. Forgive me for selfishness and fear. Forgive me for thinking of myself less than what I ought. 
Forgive me for running away from promotion. Forgive me for running away from confrontation when I know the confrontation is for the right. Now I want you to stand on your feet and I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. But some of you, you've, you found yourself. Now, if, if, you, if, you, if you've been bashed you can change. Bibles, we can repent. You can be transformed. If you're, not, if you're just not that, trying to throw your own party, but you really want to get in on what God's doing, then it's a different ballgame. You can repent from that. If you happen to be in the Haman camp where you have hatred in your heart, and it's amazing how many people are, 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 are stymied because they have hatred that God needs to heal in their heart because of the pain they have received. They haven't understood that the pain is prerequisite for that favor. But you've got to repent in your attitude. And you've got to forgive the people that ministered that pain to you. You can't fall back on what they did to you. No more. No more of that. God wants to use, bring you forward. He wants you to step up. He wants you to speak up. Come on, open your mouth and begin to pray in that language that God gives you today. See, this is not about religion. See. This is about more than Sunday morning meeting. God is here to rest upon you in such a way that is so powerful. What, what people see in you and how they, how they just want you to be on their team and they want you to be in the... That's, a, that's God. It's not your good looks, it's God. Come on, raise that language before God in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, don't be ashamed, don't be afraid, just raise it up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for dispensing and releasing that favor upon your people. I thank you, Heavenly Father. We, we, we turn from being unavailable unprepared we, we repent from that we change our attitude we want to walk in that we want to and father in the name of Jesus as you just as from heaven as you begin Lord in the, in the name of Jesus to put upon these sons and daughters that anointing, that favor, that grace on their life to achieve what you desire, to do what you have called us to do, to be what we have, you have created us to be. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. I praise you for that, Father. We thank you for it. We will walk under the weight and the responsibility of that glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we declare we will be your presence in the world. We will be your people in the midst. We're in the world, but we're not of it. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. 
I, in our closing today, I want you to decide that uh, you know, the Holy Spirit is always about next steps. Because usually when it, this kind of word will come with some instruction. Yes, it's really important that you decide that the thing you've been resisting, you're no longer gonna, you got, I mean, you stop resisting what God's trying to bring. You must make that decision. Some of you are, it's time now for you to be proactive. You complain about income, but you won't apply for the next position. You mad because you, you know, you've been at this at this level for so long, but you're unwilling to even walk through the open door that God has right there before you. You have so you're so in league with the people at your level that you would not be presumptuous to raise yourself above that. This is not socialism. This is capitalism. Hello, somebody. In the kingdom, there is promotion. In the kingdom, everybody don't make the same. It's according to your ability, and, uh, and according to uh, it's according to your ability. Hello, somebody. It's called 60, 30, 100 fold. God gives according to your ability. This, this, this is not what we. I just don't. I don't want to stand out. I, you know. Please give me a break. That's why you can't be a blessing because you've not been blessed. So those of you who are mad at the blessing gospel, your problem is you don't see it rightly. Those who are mad at the prosperity gospel is because they do not see it in the light of the kingdom. You can't bless more if you don't have more. Oh my God. Because you can't load a truck from an empty truck. You got to have something. Lord have mercy. And you can impact more people. You can't impact them down here. You got to get up here so you can impact more. Raise your hands one more time to God. Say, Lord, I, I receive my promotion. <laughs> I will do it. I'll walk in it, Lord. Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you for this. Because you promised us, Lord, that word came up for six months ago. You said, Lord, what you would do. And then you said this time next year, we would be astounded. When, well, Father, right now, we believe that it is so. Even when we have not seen it so, we believe it is so. So that by your grace, you can make it so. Clap your hands to him and give him praise. Amen. <laughs>